So I'd like to, instead of just going around and having, uh, I would like, that question, that belief, in some people's minds that you either have to be making art or you could be, you know, working in the community. Uh, I'm going to assume that all of you have at least encountered that as a, as a theme, <coughs> right? Where does that come from? Where do you think, why, why does that exist? And do you, do you think that's true? Do you separate out, Kurt, is, is, is making Breaking Ice, which is an improvised uh, project to explicitly to educate businesses generally sure. about certain issues, is that separate from the work that you make when you're on stage in the Dalek studio with Moon? Um, is it separate? I mean, it, it, yes and no. I mean, I think ultimately at the end, what you're asking the piece to do uh, is a little bit different in terms of um, you're using art to engage people in both processes. But ultimately, the end, you know, specifically for training around, you know, breaking ice, which is about, you know, <clears throat> undoing racism, diversity and inclusion. It's 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 about engaging people and then letting them see a human aspect to these ideas or sort of broad arching, you know, concepts or words, and and humanize them. So in both ways, you know, you're 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 doing the same work, but um, I think what. The difference in breaking ice is you're not trying for pe you're not trying to let people escape or go somewhere else. What you're doing is you're presenting and you're trying to hold up in the truest and the best way a mirror about what that what they are doing, and so that they become uh, they have to confront what they're seeing uh -huh. uh, in a different way. Uh, I think sometimes in theater it's about you know the ride and and what you you, you can sort of let go of where you are and, and sort of dive into a story and be taken. Mm -hmm. um. Just, I just and for, I think, you know, me coming up in this town and working at Penumbra and doing that work is sort of finding myself. I came to study at this classical training program, um, which was male, white, and European. It wasn't about me, so I was like, where do I find myself? And I started taking this class called Blacks in American Theater, being taught by Lou Bellamy, you know, and it's a graduate level class, and I'm taking it. But then I'm taking this class, and one of the things that he always said is that, um, you know, that black theater has always had a social justice mm -hmm. imperative. And that's something that we just believe so strongly that there's a difference between um, black theater and plays with black people in them. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it was this idea that like, the, that the story, when we take you away, when we take you to this foreign place, when we take you to the, it still has this root at the cause. Yeah. And I think that's just so much rooted in sort of like, what it means to be black in this country. And so even when you're getting on stage and telling a story, like the struggle that you're encountering inside that world is a part of the larger struggle. So it's always got that sort of imperative behind it. Like what are we seeing? What um, what what are we fighting for? What are we going for? And so I'm always interested in like how like how plays do that. And so even though we're going on this journey and we're going to a new place, even all of the constraints of going to that new place are still rooted in where you were and like the world that we live in. And everybody has to go, everybody has to live in that body to go see the play, and everybody has to live in that body inside the play. So, so you don't see any separation between you as a performer on stage uh, with your body doing, saying the words that you say, and it having a social justice purpose. No, I think that bodies. I think that the. I think the bodies that we live in tell stories, and I think we have to be conscious of those stories and what they what they say. And so we're always thinking about like who we are when we're on stage. Like, what does it mean to have this body, this black body, this black male identified, you know, 
body on stage and what story. We like always. I'm always like, it's so hard. Like we talk about reading a lot, and I'm always like, everyone in the room knows something about me the moment I walk in, and we can't we can't escape that when I walk on stage. And it's important that we know what people may perceive or what they think they know about me. And then I have to make sure that whatever story that I'm telling, I'm figuring out how this body fits inside that story. And so I don't know. That's I think that I think that like. I mean, we always say, you know, black bodies on stage is a political statement because our bodies are political. I mean, cis bodies, you know, like any body on stage is a political statement. And so if you're telling that story, what you're doing with it. And it doesn't mean that there's no joy and no fun. And like, you know, you, you know, we play a variety of roles and, you know, like I just, but it's something that always, I'm always thinking about. What am I being forced to say? And I always, I've, it's so funny. I'm the youngest one here. Which happens, it happens to me all the time. But I'm sitting across from Shay Cage, and I'm like, and I remember me and Shay, I mean, like, you know, whatever. Me and Shay are doing Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and like, I, like, I'm like, we're playing Negro Servants in this play. And um, and we're playing Negro Servants, and like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, do I do this? Do I not do this? And my father was like, boy, take that role. And I took the role, and I was like, oh. and we're inside the space, and I'm brand new. I'm the youngest one yet again here, you know, and I'm doing this thing. And Shay, who has been living this for, you know, for however long, and Shay became... <laughs> Shay became my advocate and our advocate. She became an advocate for the black bodies in that space. And that was when I, and that was like, it was something that I knew and it was something that I carried, but I didn't know how to commit to action until watching mm -hmm. folks like Shay do it. And so that became important to me. I like that. I like, um, I like that story. And I, but it, as, a, as people that create our own stories and as artists that are invited into other stories, I think some of the questions that often arise for me is, who has the power in the story that's being told, you know, outside and, and, you know, and obviously, yeah, when we are present, we tell a story. But who has the power in deciding what the story is that is going to be told and what that exchange is? And I feel like, I don't know, I just, I think I'm, as an artist that creates my own work and works in mainstream theater and community work and et cetera, I am very conscious of when I say yes to a project and what what that project represents, because I think it is it is it is possible to be used inside of a of a dialogue that I that we have no control ultimately over. Um, I think we can find our advocacy in the room, and I think we're very smart around that. But um, but yeah, and I think that's the reason why. Um, we create our own stories because we have to we you know we have we want to be a part of we want to be the divisors of what what that frame is because I think there are so many frames to be let in and, and used inside of and um, it's been very interesting I think in the Twin Cities for me um, I you know I, I grew up in the church and I grew up in the South and I social activism was my beginning not theater and so I wanted to, talk, you know, and very female driven, I wanted to speak for women around me that I felt didn't have the voice or the agency. And so, yeah, domestic violence was my first avenue and police brutality. You know, so it was very specific. I was like, I'm going to talk about these women who, you know, are trapped in these situations and they, you know, and 
um, and we hear the cops and we hear the screams and then, you know, at night and we wake up the next morning and nobody talks about it because there's a code. Mm -hmm. And so I started writing poetry about that. And then I found, you know, platforms for that. Um, and then that led me to realizing that, oh, we can do this inside, of I can do this inside of theater. Um, but very intentionally for me. So, in that context, in the context you guys are talking about, and the statement that theater and social justice are, are separate is a, uh, I don't want to say this, it, it's a, uh, well, it's bullshit, but it also, it's all that you have to be, you have to be a certain privileged person to, to say it. Um, however, I suspect those people are not in their head going, I'm going to make this statement and depress people with this statement. Where does that idea come from? that art is something separate from the realities of, of people's community. Maybe I'm asking the wrong people since none of you actually believe it. Well, I, I think, I mean, there, you know, historically you think about what sort of large institutional arts organizations have been, uh, which is, a, is a, a space for people to come and appreciate the beauty of that work and leave, right? Mm -hmm. we, 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 we want you to come in admire our, uh, the beauty and then go away and don't bother us until we have something else to show you. And, and I think that, and this is specifically to institution, I think that because there's this, this exceptionalism, this um, elitism around the craft, um, both in, not just in theater, obviously, um, but, but uh, what the shift I see in the sort of national, uh, and it's a necessary shift because people are realizing that that model no longer works. It doesn't work for uh, a, 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 I won't say a new generation, but as, as generations become more connected through social media and through, um, um, there's, a, there's a, a very interesting <coughs> intergenerational politics right now. And, uh, <laughs> and this idea that, that uh, a, a, millennial per, a millennial young person working within an institution is more likely go to, uh, to go to the CEO and jump over their direct manager to get answers to their questions because they don't see any social strata. They're like, I just want to know. So, and then of course, then all the Gen Xers are like, wait a second, what just happened there? I'm your boss, I'm your boss. Why are you talking to that person? So I'm getting somewhere, I promise. But, uh, <laughs> but the, so, so as you have this sense of, of curiosity, like a really, I mean, I, 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 I came to theater as, first as an actor, and then I took, I went into education, I've been in education for a long time, and found my parallel track through education, which grew into community engagement. Um, but why, working with young people who are just curious about everything, they don't want to be narrowed in. I didn't want to be narrowed in. I, I totally relate to that, that idea that, you know, someone coming to me and saying, well, you have to pick. You're an actor. You're going to be an actor. That's all you do. You're going to go to this conservatory. You're going to do morning, noon, and night. You're going to act. And I was like, okay, but I want to do that too. So then I became, the, it, it started in, in college and, and went into graduate school and then certainly in my work life. I'm, I've always been sort of taking on different things because nothing, no one thing is interesting to me. And I've talked to people, there was a time being in, in Chapel Hill, and I lived in New York for several years, and I was in Chapel Hill, and uh, talking to friends in LA and New York, thinking like, well, maybe I'll make a move and do something. And they're like, uh, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a teacher, I'm an actor, I'm a producer, I do uh, community engagement work, uh, I write, um, uh, like, well, there's, there's too many things. <laughs> like, you know, we need to know exactly. They're saying, like, I'd be happy to help you. I'd hook you up with, with this producer. I'll hook you up with this casting director. I'll, you, know, you know, I have agent friends I can connect you to. But I need to know what you do. <laughs> and, 
and I had the same thing in New York, uh, where I was sat down with a producer there, and I said, you know, I'm I'm really interested in how the art connects to community, how how we can make most impact with art, and she's like, well, you. If you want to do that, this is not the role because producer, you just this is money. You do it takes fifteen years before you can you can ever even have that sort of impact on art. Um, and I was like, I don't want to do any of that. So it made me really realize how, especially at, at Playmakers where I was previous to here, um, it was a much smaller organization and it was necessary for all of us to be kind of generalists in a way. Um, uh, or I can't even say that it wasn't. It was. It was necessary for me to be a generalist because I wanted to know about how development worked and and how development was talking to marketing and how production could impact the educational right. programs. Well, in Minnesota, you can make a living in the theater, but only if you do everything. Right. Or, or something. <laughs> or you have like six different jobs. You have to be an actor and run a program, or be a writer and an actor and a director and take jobs. And so, by practical necessity, many people here have wound up becoming interested in a bunch of things. And this is a transition into a question I really want to put in here, which is, uh, does that mean quality suffers? That was the second part of our conversation with six amazing local community-driven artists. Please come back next week for the next section. And once again, thank you to the Guthrie Theater for use of the Kitchak Lounge and the live audience for being so generous.